Well, I don't know about you, but uh, there was a time in my life I wanted to run a marathon. I really thought that would be such a cool accomplishment, and mostly just so you could brag about it. I didn't really actually want to run the marathon. I just wanted to be able to tell people that I did, and then I just thought, you know, how often do I hear people talk about the fact that they ran a marathon? Hardly ever, so like, why go through the work, right? Um, so... Uh, you know, it's interesting. If I, if I was to tell you that, uh, hey, this morning there's a marathon that starts. Actually, it's starting right now. You've all been signed up, and you don't have a choice. You have to run it. So we're going to get out there and start running it. So that's the bad news. Uh, some of us are going to do better than others in that. But the good news is everyone who finishes gets a billion dollars. Okay, a couple things would go through your mind. They'd go through my mind. First of all, I'd be like, man, I really wish I would have known this was happening today. Um, and I wish I had trained for that. And I'm going to do everything I can to finish well. Um, and the Bible compares our Christian life, our walk of faith, at, with an endurance race. With an endurance race. And there are, there are ways to run an endurance race. Uh, and, and if you don't train for it, you're going to do very poorly, right? Um, uh, some people would train a lot like, like this guy. Listen to this. Distance runners follow a strict training regimen that includes a mix of long runs, tempo runs, speed work, interval training, and recovery days. They focus on building endurance, speed, and strength through a combination of aerobic and anaerobic exercises. Consistency, proper nutrition, and adequate rest are also crucial components of distance running. That's why I never ran a marathon. Um, and if... If there are, uh, I'd probably be training at, at the Waffle House, and the outcome would be very different um, to those that, that train. And so it matters how you run, and it matters how you finish this race of life. Um, uh, Jesus was clear in, in uh, Matthew in the parable of the talents, that, and he's, he tells us that, that uh, to, to the degree that you uh, that you steward faithfully what he's been, uh, what he's given you, uh, the reward is, is lines up with, with that. So like uh, uh, it matters how you run. Well done, good and faithful servant is what we want to hear. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of my master. So we're going to go through some basics this morning. It's something we all need to hear. Get back to the basics um, and 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 talk about some practical steps that uh, that you can do. So we're in one of my favorite passages today. It's uh, Hebrews 12, uh, chapters 1 through 4. And it goes like this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Now, anytime you come to a passage in the Bible and it says, therefore, the author is about to tell you something important that you need to know related directly to what he just said. So for context, you always need, to, if you hit a therefore, you need to go backwards. And what the author is referencing here is all of Hebrews chapter 11, which is uh, the faith chapter, as many uh, call it. And Hebrews 11 uh, verse 1 says, 
Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. And the entire chapter goes through those saints of old who, who uh, lived their life faithfully. Many were persecuted for their beliefs. I think verse 4 is, by faith, Abel did the, tells his story. And then uh, in 8, by faith, Abraham. And then later on, by faith, Moses. So we talk about these, these saints who, who followed God uh, and, uh, and, and lived a life of faith. And so it's very important. So it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, which are those, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Now, I'm going to separate those two. And I think it's important that we do and uh, lay aside every weight. The NIV says, throw off everything that hinders. Now, when I picture this, I picture things, if you're carrying a weight, if you're a runner in a race and you're carrying a weight, of course, that's going to slow you down. And I love the language here, whether, it, uh, whether it's uh, throw off or lay aside. It implies that we are carrying something by choice and that it's actually not quite, it's not hard to drop it. It's not hard to get rid of it. Um, and it's, it's going to make an immediate difference. So I picture uh, a boulder. And now what, what are things? What are things? I think things can be anything in your life that is, is preventing you from running the race well. And those things, lots of things can be amoral, okay? There's not, there's not a value attached to them. They're not good or bad in and of themselves. But here's, here's what can happen. You know, there is such a thing as too much of a good thing, right? And if you've ever had a discussion or argument with your spouse about um, maybe priorities in your life or in your marriage, um, if you've ever thought to say or you've said or they've said something like, well, it's not a sin, so why can't I? But you know, that's not the conversation, right? The conversation isn't whether or not that thing is a sin. It's your relationship to that thing that can be a sin, right? It can be uh, uh, messing up your priorities, right? And so too much of a good thing. So not everything is sin, but it, it, your relationship to it can be. And there's, there's only one uh, king on the throne, right? And that is Jesus. And if you put anything else uh, in that position, you've made an idol out of that thing. And, and some things can be bad. And I just want to, to hit some, I'm going to talk to the men a little bit more this morning because I can. And, um, and, and men, uh, we have this mantra that uh, when, when men get stronger, everything gets better. Okay. And men, you need to be leaders of your home and you're responsible for the spiritual temperature of your home. So here's a thing that could actually be a bad thing. Video games. I'm going to, I'm going to touch on this just for a minute because what you're, if, if you're into uh, games that are, are building kingdoms and you've, you've built up armies and you're conquering things and you're overthrowing things and you're the leader of your kingdom, you're a leader of a fake world. And, but you're using the gifts and, and the things that God naturally put in you. And so that's, you're, you're feeling this, this natural urge, but you're, you're using it on video games in a fake world. And if it's at the expense of, of how you're how you're leading your family in the real world, that's a problem, right? So there can be good things and bad things, but uh, primarily it's your relationship to that thing. Um, I've had many hobbies and I love, I love hobbies and sports. I've been into, into many different things. So just, uh, just hear me. There's a lot of things that make up our life that in and of themselves are not bad and I'm not, I'm not tearing down those things. It's just the, the, the priority. Uh, 20 years ago, I, I was uh, in, a, in, a business, in the business world and I had vendors and customers who all, we lived out in Hawaii, they wanted to come and take me to play golf. 
And, and I love that because the guys who played golf in the office got to get out of the office and it counted as work. And I thought, I need to learn how to play golf because I would love to be done at 11 o'clock on Friday morning and uh, we'll see you on Monday and we'll call it work. And so I needed to learn how to play golf. And so I uh, took one lesson and I skimmed a book and, and I worked on my swing and I got out there. And, uh, and so I got to go play golf uh, with these vendors and, and play some of the nicest golf courses in Hawaii. And it was great and I loved it and I loved that it counted as work. Well, as I started getting a little bit better and less embarrassing and I got friends who played golf, they wanted to take me out on the weekends. And, and it, came, it got to a point about a year into this of playing golf on Saturdays that I realized this is taking away from my primary responsibility, which is my wife and children. Because God saw fit that, that he would give me a wife and children. And so part of my Christian life is how I lead them and how I disciple them. So uh, if, it, you know, I've got a captive audience. And if, if I don't like this, the, the temperature of my home, when I spend more time with my wife and kids than anyone else out there, well, then it's, I'm not being a, a good disciple maker in that, in that case. And so I decided not to play golf on Saturdays. I love golf. Golf isn't a sin. And, and, but for me, that was something where I needed to reprioritize. So my first point is on this laying aside the weight is reprioritizing. These things may not be bad, but you may need to reprioritize. And, and that is uh, that part. And the very next part is, and the sin which clings so closely. This is very different. This is clinging closely is very different. And, and the NIV says the sin that so easily entangles. So this is very different than a heavy weight that you're carrying as a runner. Imagine razor wire, barbed wire wrapped around your legs. Very different, a lot harder to get out of than setting aside a weight. So we need to treat it differently. And, and it's very important that we do. Uh, James 4 verse 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. And there's many more passages on, on fighting our sin, and you just need to treat it differently. So for a word picture here, let's, let's imagine that there is a runner on an endurance race. Okay, and there's four things about this runner that we're going to work on improving. Okay, one is he's carrying this boulder. Two, he's got bar- barbed wire wrapped around his legs. He's standing still on the course, and the finish line is behind him. He's facing the wrong way. Okay, so we're going, to take, we're going to pick this part. We're going to drop the heavy weight. That's the reprioritizing. We're going to disentangle from that sin that clings so closely, and we're going to step out of it. And what, what does the word repent mean? It means to turn away from. So we're, after stepping out of that barbed wire, we're going to turn away from that sin, face the correct direction, and start running, right? So uh, the second point is repent. There's no other way to say we're going for the R's today. I'm not going to pass up repent um, when, it, when it comes to sin. Just too easy uh, to do that. So, so these are two things that you need to take away from your life if you're going to be a distance runner in, in, your, in your Christian walk, right? So let us run with endurance the race set before us. Um, very different races uh, are very different. Sprints are very different than endurance races. And what I'm not saying is as a Christian, you need to pace yourself. That's not what we're saying. It's just that you run your race according to the type of race uh, that you're running. Life is hard. 
there are peaks and valleys. And as much as we'd all like to go from mountaintop experience to mountaintop experience, just skipping across the top, it just doesn't work that way. There are a lot of trials and those are those valleys and it's in those dark times that we need to not grow weary and faint hearted. We need to be thinking about uh, keeping our eyes on the prize. Remember, uh, I ran the 100 meter dash in high school and uh, you know, my goal was to get under 11 seconds. There was no point in, in, in me trying to get there uh, in, in 11 seconds where I was thinking, boy, I hope I don't get weary or faint hearted on, on this run. It's a very different run, right? I'm trying to get there as fast as possible. I'm not worried about endurance at that point. Life is an endurance race uh, full of, of peaks and valleys. So you may not have known that you've started a race like, like when I said this morning, you, you were all just entered into a marathon. You're in a race right now and it matters how you run it and everybody's race will come to an end. Now, you may be thinking about your family genetics, and, 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 and I know I, you do this, I, I, I do this. I've thought, okay, if I look at my family history, am I going to make it into my 80s? Maybe I'll make it into my 90s. I had some grandparents that, that did well. And, and we think about the end being uh, maybe you kind of think in, in terms of decades. But honestly, you don't know if, if today is your last day, right? You just don't know. So... Uh, you're right in that your race will end, but you don't know when it's going to end. And the only way to know for sure that you're going to finish well is to be running well. Always be running well, and you're guaranteed to finish well. Everyone will run their race. Not everybody will, will finish well. So those are a couple of things we need to take away. How do you run well? This is something that we're going to add, like that distance runners adding things in to their life. Um, and, and, uh, and that's how, and uh, again, I was looking for a word for train. I went with reform. Okay. We're going to reform, reform our lives by adding in, uh, just a couple things that are super, super critical. And we're going to train for our race and we're going to call those the spiritual disciplines. Now there are many spiritual disciplines. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with this and I'm going to focus on a few that I think are really important to helping you run your race well. The Word of God. The Word of God. It would make sense that, that uh, God would give us our instruction manual on how to run our race well. And if we're not in it daily, uh, we're not going to run as well as we should. Um, and so there's a few different things that you can do. There's different ways you can, you can chop it up. You can read daily, which I think you should. You can do scripture memorization. You can read whole books at one time. By the way, those books are letters. And I don't know if you know this, but some of those epistles from Paul, you can read through one in about seven minutes. Um, you, don't, you don't have to think about the Bible is so big and I, and I, I don't know where to start and I can't, I can't get going or it's going to take too long. You can read uh, uh, letters throughout there. You can do topical studies. So I want to encourage you to be in the Word of God daily. So that's number one. Uh, secondly is prayer. Uh, the Bible has lots to say about prayer. That's just simply talking with God. And you don't have to do all the talking. You should do some listening. Um, and you can pray without ceasing. And you can bring your cares, you can cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. There are, you can bring your doubts, your questions. He's, he's not insecure. So uh, you can bring him anything and, and, uh, and be with him. He wants to be with you. So um, that's uh, the second thing you can do. Worship. 
I think it's important to worship corporately like we did this morning. It's also important to have worship music on at home. You can be uh, building yourself up through, through uh, praise and worship. You can have it on in your car. So I think that's very important to change our posture um, through worship. Fourth is community. I think Sundays and midweek, um, iron sharpens iron. And, and uh, we need to be held accountable. It's, it's very rare to have someone... Uh, fade away from the church who is coming every week and the reason is they have friends they have people that can that can sense that things are off with you and and can and can keep you in in the fold and that's going to help you with your walk and then uh, fifthly I would just kind of lump these together as sort of a a fasting and solitude reflection journaling Um, I don't think we do this enough Um, I know that that it does my soul well to fast from electronics for a while, uh, to get some time away. I think you could schedule uh, um, one day a month where you just get away and you drive off and you could do some of these things together. You could spend time in the Word, worshiping, get out in nature and, and do, it does your soul well. Um, God made human beings, not human doings. And there's, we, need to, we need to recalibrate our soul. And I think fasting and, and solitude can do that. So those are some things that you can add in after you've taken out uh, some of those, those other things that are in your life. And, uh, and so the next section here is looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Why did he endure the cross? It was for the joy set before him. Now, going to the cross was not joyful. Being tortured and killed was was not joyful. It was for the joy that would be on the other side of his trial. And, And you have not endured to that point. And the reason he did more than you will ever do is so that you could never say that he he can't sympathize with your pain, that he doesn't understand what you're going through. Guaranteed he understands what you're going through. Um, and more. And so uh, spending time, uh, spending eternity with us was, was what was on his mind. He wants to spend eternity with you and he made a way for you and it was for that joy. Um, and in fact, James 1 verse 2, we're going to take, take a little frontage road here uh, that's, that kind of uh, is a way to uh, deal with trials in those, in those valleys of your life that, that is the endurance race. James 1 verse 2 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Now, isn't it interesting if you if you take I love that steadfastness uh, comes from uh, testing our faith and faith is tested by trials. And so in the beginning, you can have the end in mind. And if we were to take out the middle for a second and just read it as count it all joy when you lack in nothing, we, we can get behind that, right? We, that, that makes sense. And, and think about your life that way as, as those trials uh, in the middle. So in the beginning, have the end in sight. Uh, trials will make you perfect if you let them, right? So don't waste your pain and don't miss the opportunity to grow in character while you're in those trials. It's perfectly fine when you're in a tough situation to pray to God that he would bring it to an end. That's our natural first response, right? Is to pray that it would come to an end. But don't miss the opportunity to ask God to grow you in your character while you're in it. 
because your joy in the end will be even greater if you grew in the middle, right? Your joy in the end will be much greater if you grow in the middle. And none of us want to keep going through trial after trial after trial, no better off than where we started the first trial. We want to grow um, through those. And so uh, Jesus is our example for that. So it says here, he is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. He finished the race and he finished it well. And he did it as our example and our reward. And uh, the next uh, verse three is kind of a different way of saying what he just said. I love just it's sort of like this is important. You need to hear it again is kind of what I picture the author doing. He says, consider him as Jesus, consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint hearted. See, Jesus never sinned, but he had to endure sin. He had to endure sin against him and he did it all the way to his death. And it goes on to say that in your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Now, there's two types of sin, two kind of categories. We tend to think of, of, of resisting our, our own sin and, and fighting our own sin, which is, which is true. But Jesus didn't sin, and he had to endure a different kind of sin, and that was he had to endure sinners, endure sinners. And I think this passage specifically is talking uh, to those saints who have, who have not yet been persecuted for their faith. You have not yet endured the persecution uh, that you're going to, um, to the point of shedding your blood. And so it is both and here. Um, uh, so that's important to, to distinguish. And just a word on sin. Sin and temptation are two different things. Uh, you have control over your sin. You have control over uh, uh, temptation when you put yourself in the way of temptation, right? I don't know if you've heard this analogy, but uh, temptation is like a bird that flies over your head. You had no control over that happening. The bird flew over your head. There was nothing you could have done about it. But if it circles back, comes down, lands on your head and plants a nest, builds a nest, um, you do have control over that. Okay, so it's what you do with the temptation that matters. Uh, but there are times that we need to remove ourselves from, uh, from temptation in places and ways that we um, can fall into sin. So uh, if you're constantly struggling with the same sin, you need to remove yourself from that uh, sinful temptation. So, uh, so my points then, again, are uh, reprioritize, repent, reform, repeat. And this is what you need to do your entire life is repeat that process of reprioritizing your life. Repent, reform, repeat, and then you get the reward. And Jesus is our example for that. So, so in summary, consider your race right now. How well are you running? Are there things in your life, even good things, that are making it harder for you to run well? We should regularly evaluate our lives and reprioritize in order to keep our sights on the target. What sins do you need to repent of right now? Where do you need more self-control? What temptations do you need to remove from your life? And are you taking your sin seriously? Root it out and ask God to help you turn from your sin. How are you doing reforming your mind through spiritual disciplines? Start today and be in the Word daily, talking with God regularly and worshiping Him. Prioritize gathering with other believers and schedule times for solitude 
and reflection. And finally, keep your eyes on the prize. Jesus is the example and the reward, and the Holy Spirit is your helper. So run with endurance the race that is set before you, and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little, and I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Now, if, if, if this idea of salvation and Jesus dying for your sins is, is, is foreign to you, it's new to you, and you're, you're not even sure what this Christian life is, um, I don't want to miss the opportunity um, for, uh, to, for the Holy Spirit to move in you. And, and I just want to remind you um, uh, that what Romans has to say about salvation. So uh, there is no one righteous, not even one, and all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You don't have to wait to clean yourself up before you come to church. Church is a hospital and Jesus is the great physician. You don't need to wait. Um, And then uh, when you give your life to Christ, I love this Romans 8 verse 1, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if, if, if you uh, want to respond to that word, if that is new information to you, I would love to talk with you afterwards uh, today. Don't let the moment pass by. And, and for the rest of us, run your race well, run with endurance, run according to the type of race that uh, this Christian life is. So reprioritize, repent, and reform your life on a daily basis, and you'll receive the reward. Amen? Amen. Amen.